Hi guys, just want to say thank you to everyone supporting us at New York this weekend. We really appreciate your support and hopefully we'll get a good result for you. Our battery is low, our battery is low. Here on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with American Accent, our battery is low. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. Uh, Patty, what is this? This is a cappuccino? Uh, Nespresso. Nespresso. Uh, <laughs> I'm drinking a cappuccino. It's, uh, it's Sunday morning. Wednesday, have beaten... Oh, who the fuck did they even play? <laughs> Wimbledon, Wimbledon. It was the AFC Wimbledon now. Yeah. It is, yeah. Uh, two one. Yeah, ninety second minute winner. You might have, uh, you might have uh, seen or heard about it. Uh, I had a lot of other things to drink this weekend. Right now, I'm drinking coffee, uh, and I'm at the dining room table of New Jerseyite Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? <laughs> Good morning, Jeffrey. Uh, oh, this is a struggle talking. I'm drinking a uh, liquid IV. It's called. <laughs> Which essentially gives you, it hydrates you. Uh, as you can tell, I'm not very hydrated at the moment. <laughs> uh, I feel this is a bad idea to recall right now, Jeff. Can we can we come back tomorrow or the day after when I have a voice? Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. tried turning ourselves off and turning it back on again and we're back here on the health americas sheffield wednesday opinion with an american accent i'm your host jeffrey paternostro back home in suburban connecticut and already feeling a bit wistful for our weekend in the city at oaoa bringing in wednesday fans from across the americas and even overseas and i've uh, made up a little cocktail to uh, remind me of better times 
It is the Campfire Sling from Water Grill in Los Angeles, and it combines the most American of spirits, rye whiskey, with the most Canadian of sweeteners, maple syrup, and a little bit of Mexican chocolate bitters as well. It's quite nice. I mean, it's old-fashioned ripped, uh, the second oldest American cocktail. And I'm feeling good. I'm ready to recap a, a wild weekend and a kind of boring 90 minutes as it goes. We've got the wild weekend out of it. Also recharged and with me, not around his dining room table, but somewhere in his house in New Jersey, it's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Good evening, Jeffrey. Good to see you again. Uh, I'm glad I got my voice back for this. Uh, I am drinking, for the first time since the weekend, I'm drinking a beer. I've got a New England IPA, uh, Forgotten Boardwork Brewery, uh, Cherry Hill in New Jersey. Uh, it's quite a nice drinkable IPA, not too hoppy. Uh, there's a, bizarrely on the just in the back. There's how to do a tourniquet instruction. I'm not sure why that's part of the uh, <laughs> part of the packaging, mm. <laughs> but maybe there's a reason for that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You did not have any gaping flesh wounds at OAOA this week. No, no uh, wounds whatsoever, thankfully. Uh, but yes, I do know how to do a tourniquet now. So we had fifty some odd Sheffield Wednesday fans in New York City this weekend. Uh, unfortunately. Fortunately for us, uh, the entire rest of our, our podcasting crew either weren't there uh, or showed up late in the second half and didn't watch the entire game. So we've had to, uh, was this an emergency loan, I believe, from, uh, from Singing the Blues? It is James, but it's not James Allen. It's James Marriott. James, what are you drinking? Um, hello, it's a it's it's a pleasure to be here. Um, so um, I am currently resident of um, Long Island City in Queens, mm. in New York. But last week I was in Brooklyn. So um, this is a Brooklyn um, brewery called I, th- I think it's Talia or Talia. Not quite sure exactly how you pronounce it. Um, but they're in Williamsburg, and this is uh, it's Power Couple Citra and Galaxy. And it's described as a hazy double IPA, and I can confirm that the um, the haziness of the beer is about on a par with uh, with my memory from the weekend. To be fair, <laughs> since you are in Long Island City, have you uh, traipsed over to Big Alice yet? Not yet. No, I would make that Wait, as uh... you're, you're literally the second James Wednesday fan in Long Island City to be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's it's very nice to have you. <laughs> you did see about eighty one minutes more of the game uh, than the other one. Although I don't know if that's going to help with the recap. I've- and I'm also not. not sure that's entirely true, to be honest, um, <laughs> because I think I, I think I rocked up on about 30 minutes. Yeah, fair enough. It's all really a blur, isn't it? But uh, the agenda, we will start with that, uh, that blur of 36 hours or so in New York City. We'll review away, away, because why not? We will get to the game that was at the center of it. We'll cover the Wednesday news and we'll preview Bolton Wanderers. We will start with away, away and whatever. We'll keep the same format. We'll do a little thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> Uh, my thumbs up is simply the noise. When the goal went in in the 92nd minute, I have not heard that. I've not been in the city in a couple of years, obviously. I have not heard, like, I cannot remember. The only, the closest I can remember to that sound in the football factory was the Ross Wallace goal against Arsenal and the Ross Wallace goal against Brighton. There you go. Ross Wallace the only one involved <laughs> in that kind of sound, but just, this was different, right? This was a, a sense of relief, I guess, in a way too. And I'd been building up really for the 90 minutes. And I was you know, chatting after the game as we walked over the rooftop and really throughout the day. And it's like, I don't know if you could have gotten a better game. I said on this podcast last week, I wanted just a comfortable three nil, right? But you get a comfortable three nil, you know, the second half, maybe score the third in the 63rd minute and you're just uh, knocking it around for the last half hour. People wander off, do their own thing. And it's a little chatty. We had everyone's focus for the full 90 minutes as miserable as it was. And you can got really the entire encapsulation of being a Wednesday fan, right? It was uh, no, say I can do math. 97% annoying bullshit. That 3% was so good. <laughs> you're not, you're not wrong. I think I, I said, um, multiple times to anyone that would listen at the uh, rooftop bar on Saturday that you do, you want to win every game convincingly, don't you? You want to, you want to thrash every team that you play, but there is nothing finer than an injury time 
winner. It just that moment was just brilliant. And um, I, I'd been quite hungover uh, from the from the Friday night shenanigans. I'm sure I'm not the only one. And that was the moment that it was all all right again. That was the moment that it was like hangover's gone. The world's a great place again. You just can't you can't beat it. It felt like they let they kind of waited for us to come round from the Friday night hangover because yeah. we, we had several late stragglers. I mean, James Allen, who's not on the podcast tonight, doesn't turn up to like 80 minutes in. Uh, Justin, other regular podcast host, turned up at halftime. Uh, so it wasn't a great showing from Owls Americas, at least. That was my thumbs down. But uh, yeah, as far as um, uh, waiting until everyone was in the place, everyone the way until everyone was in the venue, sobered up a little bit. I, I had a few waters, keep me uh, shaky hand going a little bit. Uh, and then by the time we got around to scoring the, the winner, I was on a few beers. So it was, it was good timing. Uh, there was something you haven't mentioned as part of the noise, uh, Jeff, which might have contributed even to a louder noise than what it would have got from a normal last minute winner, which was the fact that we only saw about a quarter of the screen so, during it. So I was getting to that because while uh, James Marriott may have been recharged by the 92nd minute winner, minute winner uh the laptop we were watching the game on james was not <laughs> well i mean this this is just like i i, I was ready i took it i took a foot any, anyone that's been on the club website will have seen that there was a, a brilliant kind of write-up that, that they've published over the weekend which talks about this fact that on what was it 91 and a half minutes or something um a message popped up i i thought it was the football factory's laptop i believe it's actually your laptop paddy but regardless of who owns it message pops up saying um, battery is low, please, please plug in laptop. And it's it's like, it's right in the middle of the screen. So when you're watching a football match, I mean, it could not be any worse. And I took a photo of it and I was about to tweet it saying, if ever one message could sum up being a Sheffield Wednesday fan. <laughs> and then all you see, and, and just the way that, because it was at the far post, so you could just see Lee Gregory going for it and you could just see the ball nestle in the net. Um, and it was there was something about the fact that the battery message flashed up that made that moment all the better. And it might have been because 30 seconds after that, we'd got 50 Sheffield Wednesday fans in a pub with several hundred people in watching all kinds of different matches, singing where Sheffield Wednesday, our battery is low. And I, the whole rest of the pub must have been thinking, what what have these guys <laughs> taken? How is that legal at this time of the morning? Um, it was just brilliant. And, and it was you know, it's the kind of thing that that's where the memories come from is the daft stuff like that, that, that happens. So um, that's why, I mean, it could have been like a downside, I guess, the fact that we didn't quite see that winning goal, but the whole stuff combined just made it perfect. I'll say on those, on those sort of lines, one of my favorite memories of my years at the football factory is the, well, I mean, the six, no one against Leeds. We were there at seven fifteen for kickoff and a, a, gr- a great day out. You can't beat that. Uh, so around 9.30 or so, as we're, as we're wrapping up the game, Jack buys us all around of shots. So this, inti- this just giant tray, serving tray full of Jägermeister comes over. I think I was already a few, uh, a few beers to the wind. They asked, what do you want? I'm just like, eh, Jägermeister, do Jägermeister, fine, whatever. It's nine in the morning, whatever. So uh, I don't know if we miscounted or someone didn't want to do it. And there's just one shot left when the, when the bar back uh, comes through to clear the tray. And where he's looking at, it, like, is someone going to drink this? Like, well, you can have it if you want. It's like, what is it? It's like Jaeger. Looks at it. Okay, nine thirty in the morning. Bar back does a shot. Brings the tray back. Is it just you can't you can't beat the bar? Everything about that bar is just perfect, really. Yeah, and it's always Chelsea in the middle too. And it's always Chelsea. It's always Chelsea in the middle. Yeah, and they were that was the other thing. Like Chelsea Brentford, was like giving us better, <laughs> and then the Leeds fans and the Sheffield Wednesday fans united in their hatred of Chelsea. Really, the yeah. only thing they can do it, but that was a bonding experience for the Leeds uh, mm. Leeds game, and um, we had a few Chelsea fans poke their head around because we were kind of backing on, into them because we, we were bulging out yeah. of our space yeah. and our flag, backing into the Chelsea fans in the. They main were all space. gone by about three one, but <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, so yeah, I think the Chelsea fans are starting to understand who we are because we turn up every now and again with the more fans than they have, uh, and sing weird chants. It was, it was really fascinating because I, I kept saying to people on Friday night that I've built up this image in my head of what the football factory is like. And it was kind of this idea of like fans huddled in different corners in sections watching their own screens. And that's pretty much exactly what it was like. And it was brilliant. You got like, I don't know, three Middlesbrough fans in one corner watching <laughs> watching their game, Leeds fans over the other side. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty much exactly what I was expecting. I would just make the point, it is 
possibly the worst place in the world to have a hangover because it's <laughs> it's quite dark, it's quite dingy, it's warm. There's absolutely no fresh air coming in there at all. There's no air conditioning, so it's just you just feel your body temperature just rising and rising and rising. That that wasn't the most pleasant experience, but it was um, it was all made worthwhile by the goal. And after we blew the roof off the football factory, we headed to another roof, Penny. We did, Jeff. So my thumbs up is the rooftop. Look, when you're planning a weekend for 50 strangers, you have lots of I, I had my doubts about this, to be clear. <laughs> There's too many in the group. So I picked probably the most touristy rooftop in New York City, right? Um, and it's right underneath the Empire State Building. You have brilliant views. Uh, but I knew it was kind of cash. Most of the rooftops in New York are kind of like all full of like, Mimosa are drinking like socialites. I knew that 235th where we went was a little bit dirtier, uh, but I didn't think they'd, I, I thought we'd still get that kind of dirty kind of vibe of just benches everywhere, like and, and tables, and we'd just be left to our own devices. What we got was something entirely different. We got an igloo. We got, we got a giant igloo. <laughs> a giant just... igloo to ourselves, which would have been tell great every, if it tell was Tell everyone, as, we, as when we got there, I was like in the first group we got there. So just tell everyone you're at the giant igloo. I'm like, I'll send to the WhatsApp group. We're at the giant igloo. <laughs> The igloo's there in case it's cold and you can warm up. But we were, mm-hmm. again, another best thing about the afternoon was it was warm. I think probably for the first time, like in about a month in, in New York, it was warm enough to have your T-shirts out and be outside. And actually, it was too warm in the igloo. And thankfully, we had a little bit of outdoor space too, some uh, tables and chairs. Everyone hung out. So we did a raffle. We got to eat our cake balls. Uh, how did you end balls. up doing the raffle? I didn't even notice uh, how that ended up happening. Uh, I did it through a dodgy app. Like we got an ad, app, yeah. we, got, we got an ad through it halfway through the raffle, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it was like building up suspense. Oh, was it going to be? Oh, I've got an ad. Sorry, let's get the ad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, hats off. Two thirty fifth. You got a huge crowd. Recommend entirely. Uh, after the two hour booking, it was supposed to be a two hour booking. I said to them, uh, I said, "Look, do you need us to leave now?" And the guy's like, "No, we've got no bookings till the evening. Now you're good." So we just stayed there till for like five hours. <laughs> it was. Honestly, best. I gave a five star review on Google. I'm like, you guys made my afternoon because the weather was perfect. Everyone was chill. Everyone was happy. Food was how good. Was the, uh, how was the frozen margarita in the pouch, Patty? Ah, see, that was the <laughs> this pouch thing. I don't get it at all. I don't want to drink my cocktail out of a bag. <laughs> no one should drink anything out of a bag unless you're a tramp. <laughs> it wasn't all uh, pouch margaritas and roses. Over the weekend, though, we do have two thumbs down. And uh, mine is uh, I'm 39 years old, I'll be 40 in a month. And I have been dragging at various times in this. I can't do the, I can't do the weekends out anymore. It's very sad. Yeah, I guess a man has to know his limitations. I should not have had the third cocktail at the Dead Rabbit. That's where it kind of <laughs> went, uh, where you, it kind of went pear shaped. You were a little 15 on a Friday night. Yeah. You were a little, was a little yeah, half, I know. Half, half, you had a very, I, 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 <laughs> I gathered. I, I, I had no voice on Saturday morning. We had a very loud conversation in the uh, second bar on uh, Friday I, night. I was I was very concerned for your welfare at times on Saturday, mm. Jeff. I was okay. I was fine. It was never. It was never really in danger. Okay. Look, Jeff's tactic of the day was to hit it heavy and hard early yeah. on. <laughs> so like three, three or four of the best cocktails in New York, Ned Rabbit. Yeah, and then just kind of like coast yeah. off that for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> Come on, beers. I'm still not sure what was going on with that Pilsner at uh Oh yeah, fuck that place. Yeah. <laughs> the smokehouse. The, the Pilsner was like a goes. That's fine. I, I I like a goes, but I was not expecting a goes. I'm fairly sure they just marked the taps wrong because yeah. that was yeah, a that's probably that's probably it's like, yeah. And it's fine. Like I just was I wanted a Pilsner really at that point in the evening. And it was good. Can't really complain. Uh I'm curious about this one because I was not I was not here for this story. Uh, James's thumbs down is just Patty's tongue. Well, it was, it was it was really quite hard to come up with some things. <laughs> the whole weekend was 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 rather smashing, if I'm honest. So um, I was going back through my phone for inspiration, thinking I might see something that made me think, oh, that was a bit rubbish. And I do seem to have a rather high number of photos of Paddy's tongue st- sticking out uh, bright blue after he just had one of the cake balls, uh, which I'm not sure whether or not that flu- food um, colorant would be legal in the UK, if I'm honest with <laughs> you. That actually stained your mouth for yeah, a good yeah. half hour. That is um, a that is a protected brand in uh, New Jersey. I'm pretty sure that's like the, 
Um, um, on the on the cake bowls, I had to ship those <laughs> in because I, we picked them up on the Friday. So this, this this is actually a prep. Uh, I'm surprised this wasn't actually your thumbs down, Patty. We're sitting there at the very cold bus station <laughs> in Secaucus, New Jersey, having left the cake balls back at Patty's house, and Patty's like, "Oh, I can just get them shipped by Uber." No, it's fine. Uh, we only need them for half time. I'll, I'll do the Uber to drop it in, and we, you left the shirt behind too. So you have the shirt, put the shirt and the cake balls in the Uber. It'll show up a football back. You got gone. Got to be great. Fine. So we're we're ten minutes into the incredibly unpleasant uh, thirty minute bus ride from Secaucus into the Port Authority. Patty goes, "Oh, I could have just gotten an Uber for us, so we could have gone back and gotten the cake balls and the shirt and gotten the same thing." <laughs> Yeah. My brain was working. Good. I thought it was good to get an good Uber plan. for the cake. We, we could have walked back and got an Uber. We would have spent the exact the same amount balls. of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I say the cake balls, though, were brilliant. They, and, were, really good, um, yeah. they were considerably better than um, how the official 150th birthday cake ball looked. When they started slicing that, I'm thinking, I'm not sure that I'd want to eat that, but your cake balls, spot on. Yeah. This is a tip, obviously. If you uh, if you lick blue balls, you get blue toe. <laughs> <laughs> And there is statement uh, of the we'll, night. <laughs> move on quickly to Patty's actual thumb down, thumbs down, which is the performance of our podcast hosts. Yes, Jeffrey. This is mm. a, a sore topic for myself. Yeah. Months in the planning. Uh, and yet we have performances like James Allen didn't yeah. up till what time on Friday night? Then he said it was 50, about 15 minutes before the goal went in. So uh, oh, Friday night was late too. Oh, Friday night. Yeah, no, it was late Friday like night. Like 9-ish Friday. Yeah. Didn't turn up till Friday. Uh Turned up by 80th minute on the Saturday. Poor, poor form. Justin, huh. I just had a good excuse. Justin was the last man standing on Friday night. I left him yeah. at the bar with some random guy. We uh, all make choices. <laughs> he decided to stay out until God knows when. Turned up rough at quarter, half. He's still before James Allen hmm. at halftime. Uh, so yeah, uh, a poor performance. Uh, and not not just, so this is not uh, a poor performance at all. This is a sad uh, in, uh, sad indictment of uh, Portland's uh, airport and the uh, Alaskan <laughs> Airlines, which prevented Mike, another podcast host, even getting to the event at all. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, his flights were all uh, on strike, and he wouldn't have made the uh, kickoff, so he decided not to do it. So yeah, Mike, we, we miss you, and that was a uh, terrible, terrible uh, time. Trust in 2023, so there you go. You're going to give it away. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's, what's, that's, what's, that's what the rumour is. That's the rumour, Jeff. Mm, that's the rumour rumor. around town, yeah. <laughs> Well, we do have to. This is theoretically a Sheffield Wednesday podcast. We should cover the actual Sheffield Wednesday match. We'll move on to. I have now. I, I'm now aware it is ASD Wimbledon at home. We cover that. And Patty, you your thumbs up is Greg's. Big Greg's. That had a wonderful yeah. game. As you, again, he's the. If we'd have had him the entire season, I think we'd be top two. Uh, I think he missed like eight games, didn't he, through his injury? Mm. Um, and. Uh, his hold-up play, the way he brings the whole team into it, his finishing, obviously. Um, he was just, they, uh, Wimbledon were able to com- mostly take him out of that game because they just put their two big center backs like leaning on him and the ref was just never going to call anything. But you know what? He, quite he still, he battled for everything. More often than not, he won the battles, right? There was, uh, these are the few times this season where there's been like three or four guys around him. It's just like, uh, and then manages to emerge out of this big crowd of players and passes the ball to somebody else. His, his strength is fantastic. Uh, for a 33-year-old, too. Oh, I wish I was that strong a 33-year-old. <laughs> um, and obviously, uh, capping it all off with uh, with the goal uh, right at the end. Uh, great great diving header. Two diving headers in the same game. That's weird, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think I, one of them is Jack Hunt, yes. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like uh, his hold-up play is, is unreplicated. We've got what happened, what six strikers on uh, on the roster, and no one can do what he can do. And when we he's not in the squad, uh, we struggle. He's not he's not the most prolific goal scorer in the world, but I'm like utterly convinced you could put him at any level and he would score 13 goals a season. Basically, like he can just do his he just does his thing and it's fine. I can't, I can't remember who it was that raised this point um, last week, but. One one of you made this point about goals coming from all over the pitch and how great that okay, is. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then that led on to a discussion about when did we last have a 20-goal-a-season striker in the league, and it was David Hurst in the 80s. And you're like, well, you know, that's absolutely the the problem, isn't it? For, for for years and years and years, it's like getting a few goals from midfield is brilliant, but you without a 20-goal-a-season striker, you're probably not going to go up. You're certainly not going to win the league. So when we talk about like... Um, when Lee Gregory's not not in the not in the squad, the effect that has, I think you're probably right. If he if he if he plays every game, if he could be five years younger, you'd be so excited about what what he could do. It's such a shame, isn't it? That you know, 33 um, doesn't look like he's going to pack up anytime soon. But you do feel like if if he had just that little bit more freshness and and um, could just keep himself that bit fitter, then you know you you would probably be looking at a, a 20 goal a season. Striker. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility for the for the rest of the season for that to happen, but probably won't do. But um, he he definitely does make the difference. He's on ten right now. Right, got just double figures at least. Tenth, yeah, yeah. Uh, James, your thumbs up has been a bit of a contentious figure on the podcast this year, but it's Bailey Peacock Farrell. I can understand why he's he's yeah. been um yeah a debatable figure to be honest. But so this is um it's 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 a single moment to be honest. It's that mm. save. So wh- however long it was, you know, a few minutes before we we end up going down the other end, you know, our battery gets low and we we score the the winner. Um Bailey Peacock Farrell, that you know, um it's it's a point blank save and the guy's through on goal. He's got no right at all to 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 make that save, to be honest. Um, and that's the moment that the game turned because if that goes 2-1 to, to Wimbledon, I can't see us coming back from that. It's like, you know, the dead the the, the stands people would be pouring out of them and everyone would be talking about, well, that's it, season's over, Darren Moore out, what a disaster. Um, and him pulling off that save means that we can go down the other end, get the winner, and suddenly it's like the world's a great place again. So um I, he 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 is a controversial figure, absolutely. But you know what? In those in those big game moments, he can pull off those big saves, um, and he I think he won the the game for us. You know, I think that was a that was a match saving performance that then allowed us to go down the other end and and, and score the winner. Yeah, last week too, right? Yeah. He did the same thing last week. Yeah, was, same thing uh, last what, week. One yeah. one. And you can look at the situation and be like, like from the Wimbledon point of view, like mate, just scoop it over him. But he is a big, long keeper, and he, in those kind of situations, he comes off his line very aggressively, and he does make the striker make a decision, and maybe carries like him to a shot a little sooner and a little quicker than he wants to, and goes out like an like American a, fridge, just like, like a stock. fridge, like an American fridge, just waddles out, and just like he's like, that's not like my fridge here, where I'm <laughs> tiny little feeble thing. Proper American fridge, then you've got a British fridge in your apartment. You I, I evidently have, yeah. 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 So, my thumbs up is they did not panic while chasing the game. They did not, like, it, it wasn't pleasant to watch, but they were creating opportunities. They were not just running around in, in midfield with eight guys behind the ball like they did at sort of the end of last year when they were chasing games. They tried to create, uh, Real chance that look, they got even before the actual goal went in, they had you know crosses into the box that were a whisker away from finding a toe poke or finding the bottom corner. And they just they did not just over and over like hoof the ball in there. They did not seem like, look, I didn't think they were going to score to be clear, but <laughs> they were not, they did not seem as like out of ideas that they were as they were at the end of the of the relegation season to me. And that was that was good to see because look, there's gonna be a few more games like this before the end of the season. I know they're playing, you know, teams like MK Dons and Wickham and, and and Pompey that are going to play a little differently. But you know, they got Bolton and Fleetwood Town on the road, and they're going to have to they're going to have to break down these, uh, you know, these two blocks of four and things like that. And look, it was a very simple move. Um, you know, Gregory actually started the move and then got in, got into position. It was a Bannon cross to the the back post, a header across light box, and a diving header for the winner. And like sometimes, you just need that one chance, and they were able to carve out that one chance. And that was something they weren't able to do when they were chasing it last season. So, kudos. I saw a few things that they tried to do differently, other than obviously uh, Darren Murphy and all our strikers, all the meat and the fire, so to speak. 
Mm. Um, they, they were trying to do a bit more penetration through the middle as well, trying to get yeah. Mendes Langin uh, like behind the centre half and doing a few passes that way too. I think they're trying to work past this kind of low block that Darren Wilkos, basically, what's it, part of the bus, that we used to call it. Mm. Um, they're, they're trying new things out. Bannon, I thought, was quite uh, high up the field for most of the game. He didn't drop back like he often does sometimes too, uh, which helped us uh, when he's in that, those positions. But obviously, um, I feel like Mendes Lang did much better on the left-hand side as well. Yeah. Uh, when it, Once he was moved to the left when Berahino came on. Uh, my, my notes for the last, like, half an hour, basically. You Mendes were taking Lang. notes at the football factory? No, no, no. When I was <laughs> from the highlights. My yeah. notes for the last, like, half Fair an hour is basically Mendes Lang, Mendes Lang, Mendes Lang, Mendes Lang. Yeah. It's like he's got the ball so often on that left-hand side. And he's putting some good he's crosses So in. he's not, like, I'm of two minds here, right? Because you have to get. Mendes Lang in the lineup, but he's also not really a second striker. No, he's and not. you get into a situation. I'll actually move to my thumbs down here, which was the substitutions. And it's like, I do not understand why they you bring on Shadipo and relegate Marvin Johnson to like a left back role. Because I mean, look, they got the cross in to win the game. But if you're telling me who's going to put a cross in from the left side when you absolutely need a goal and stop it's time, it's going to be Marvin Johnson, not. Omidishiva just isn't right. We almost lose and, it too, right? He kind of runs into a guy, he almost, yeah, and he kind of. I mean, he back, did well, yeah. I guess out to Bannon at the end. And like he hasn't played in months. Like I don't. He was put in a very difficult situation chasing the game at that point against a low block for a guy who has not played in months. He's Darren Moore's favorite. He's been so excited about getting Shadipo for the last excited. ten months. <laughs> and like, look, he did he did pretty well on the wing there when he was in, but it was just a, it, was, it was a big ask, and. Like that's the thing. Like you, they have the fullbacks, like or the wing backs, however they, however they set up. They can really penetrate and cross in very little space, which is what they were gonna have to work with. And I don't exactly understand why. It's not, like like Barry Hino for Mendez Lang. Like you have to find a way to get Mendez Lang into the squad. But Barry Hino came up for I offer. I was asking about that. Yes. What do you think about that substitution? The you go four at the back, yeah. I mean, again, when you're chasing it, I don't have an issue with it, but it doesn't like it's just. I couldn't work out what they were playing after that. Honestly, with you, yeah, it was a little I, weird. I, I thought maybe that Marvin Johnson went back to the left center half for a little bit, and then there's like that yeah. wing back. He might have been a left back. I don't know. It was so it was so fluid and all over the place. I have no idea what they're playing. Once, well, because uh, they, they do off. play like the the three at the back, but they do use the center backs to overload at times here and there. As we've seen, so that maybe Marvin Johnson was more in that role. They never really got particularly far forward after uh, Mendes Lang came on, but it's like League One total football. Everyone was playing it. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Patty, your thumbs down is Dominic Ayarfa in the defense. Yeah, I, I, I look. I, I don't. I'm not shitting on Ayarfa. Uh, he's on what second game into uh, from a long yeah. injury. Uh, he didn't look very composed at all. He, I mean, he never looks composed. He looks less composed than usual. Uh, his his uh, kind of strides uh, were a bit more manic. His passing was dreadful. Um, Positioning-wise, off the pace a little bit. It's to be expected, but um, I don't think we can gloss over it. Um, and generally, the, de- the defence has the defense has an issue when uh, we change it so often, right? So we've changed it pretty much every game this season. <laughs> Different back three. And Jordan Starr is out uh, inexplicably for the entire squad. Uh, Darren most for personal reasons, apparently. Um, and didn't couldn't answer the question whether he'd be back next week, which I thought was very strange. Uh, so Ayofa comes in and look, he's a, he's a great defender, um, but he's going to take a few games, maybe even a preseason to get back to what he was. Uh, and he certainly yeah. made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, they, yeah. they were never, for the actual, I mean, the actual goals on Hutch doing the hand wave for the offside that didn't come and then not tracking the guy that's right behind him for the goal. And like, look, that happens. But yeah, they were just, I mean, Wimbledon did not offer much going forward, which I don't think is super unexpected, but I don't, uh, they have to figure out the back three. Uh, you know, we were spoiled for years by just like, if Lees and Leuvens were healthy, those were the the two center backs and they had a, a very good and productive relationship. And they've been trying, kind of trying to find that really since then. And they had a run, I think, when it was Story, Palmer, and Hutch that was was pretty good. But as you said, Story's availability is unknown. Palmer has like an injury of some sort. 
and we're in nowhere left with Hutch and whoever else can fill in it. Like they have center back depth. They have quality center backs to this level. I think, you know, Iorfa and Dunkley and whoever else they're going to play back there is fine. But, you know, it's, we're into the, as I said, the business end of the fixture schedule now. And, you know, one, one foot in the wrong direction can, can really change the game as it almost did with, with uh, Hutch for the equalizer. So we'll see how it plays out from there. They are, they're all a little bit wobbly, aren't they, at times? Mm. And every every defender that we have has a mistake in them. And and I keep hearing people that, that say, you know, this would be a strong squad in the championship. And I think this is this is a defence that's that's shown it can make massive mistakes. I mean, the the Bailey Peacock Farrell save, the defence didn't shroud itself in in glory there. And there are these moments nearly every week where there's someone that makes a mistake and it leads to a chance. And the, and they're not getting punished because we're in League One. So if you're in the Championship, and particularly if you're at the top end of the Championship, which is where we all want to see Sheffield Wednesday being there, this defence will be getting ripped to shreds. And there's, there's a, there's, there is a problem there. There is something that needs addressing because as footballers I, I don't think that it's that they're not great footballers but some something's just not right as to why it's this thing about concentration isn't it that comes around all the time you 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 make that error and it should lead to a goal and we kind of keep getting away with it we're not getting away from step pieces that's a different matter yeah. um, long throw but, is terrifying <laughs> yeah absolutely and and it's like you know that they, they should be good enough yeah, and there's like, and I don't want to really cast aspersions necessarily on on Peacock Farrell here, but he's a young keeper, relatively speaking, um, and that's a that's a big locker room, that's a big and a veteran defense, and I know he was he was also a divisive figure in his time at at Wednesday, but like Kieran Westwood was very shouty, and sometimes you need a shouty keeper, right? And I don't think it's on. Peacock Farrell, they can't defend set pieces or like he, I feel he gets probably left out to dry to a certain extent and they don't have center backs. that can head the ball outside of, of Harley Dean really. And like, but I like Harley Dean a lot. Um, but when you're looking at, again, at like a top end of the championship defender, he's probably like a half step slow for that. Everything else he does very well and that's fine, but that's why these players are available on loan in league one. Right. And that's, it's, it's great for Wednesday. It's good recruitment. It's it's a credit to Darren Moore that he's gotten these players into the squad, but uh, you know you know I'll wait for the long term planning after the day out at Wembley in May. But <laughs> beyond that, I will just say that uh, they do need to figure out the they need to tighten up a little bit, right? They need to be able to hold league. They need to be able to hold one nil games late in in the playoffs when everything's going to be very tight if they get there. They need to be able to really just big, strong headers away on crosses into the box, whether it's corner kicks, set pieces, or whatever else. And it's just we've seen it every time, right? Against against teams, they should be easily handling. There's always just a little bit of a mistake in them, and that brings us to James thumbs down, which is pedestrianism. Yeah. So this is. Um... Our, our inability to break teams down. And uh, I'm probably going to contradict slightly what, what both of you said earlier on in that we, we obviously did win on, on um, Saturday, but I mean, you know, we really did ride our luck. We could just have easily have lost that, that game. And as Justin pointed out last week, Cheltenham, which we won 4-1, which is a great result, but actually we weren't brilliant then either so i i, I just have this uh, fear that that that, that last minute killing him too away they almost got a yeah too in the last bit of it. there's quite a few of them there's been plenty recently and i feel that that last minute winner kind of glosses over what was actually quite a pedestrian performance from from us in in reality well, and i would one those, it's one of those two where if mendez lang scores the second goal right off the back of hunt's header which you really should have put away like it's a tight and I angle, really but... should have been there to see that, and I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your word for it. I'm gonna take your word. But for it. it's a tight but, angle, uh, and it's uh, two 0 Wimbledon opens up, and then they win four one or four nothing, and it's fine after that. But that's the thing, right? You're not gonna put away like whatever the XG was for the game. I don't know what it was. I don't know people do XG for League One, but um, I'm sure. Wednesday I, know, I were... know a guy that does. I know a guy yeah, that does. 
we're, we're, we're probably free and clear based on the chances they created, but that's the thing, right? In league one, you're going to come in these situations and like, you know, a fair credit to Wimbledon. They're playing for, they're playing for their lives at this point and they got their equalizer and they, they time wasted as much as possible. They figured out the ref had no interest in calling fouls when they put their two big guys to lean on any uh, forward player at any point in time. And they, they played like that because it's league one. We, you have to know it's coming in. It's not the first game like this. It's not the first game like this in recent memory. There just wasn't uh, you're right. There wasn't, they don't actually have that like number 10 that can completely unlock a defense like that. That's the one thing they're, they're missing. They have a great midfield three. They have good uh, striking options. They have good wingers, but when you're doing like when, you're nine guys behind the ball all of a sudden like you know bannon's ability to play a hollywood ball to the channels doesn't matter because there's four guys there waiting to meet it and you don't have that like player that can just turn in the midfield and run they do not have a ton of pace in the midfield yeah they and they don't have that that number 10 or that second striker they can really play off of gregory and cause havoc for your for your number six or your your center backs like they don't have they can really unlock a defense and we'll see if it comes back to bite them in in the upcoming fixtures like again it's league one it's not it's league one so it may may not end up mattering when you have a midfield of buyers along and banning because that should be more than enough but they have kind of they're gonna have to grind out results the rest of the way right um we're looking they they probably need something between uh, 11 and 13 points in the last six figures to get in. There's some tough games coming up. Uh, I don't think we need that much. I don't think we need that many points. Um, I feel like with everyone playing each other, um, Plymouth's got a tough running. I, I think we'll be okay with around 80, 81, maybe. So it'll be 80, it's nine to 11 points, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a high number, relatively speaking. But yeah, so it means way more already than last season was, apparently. Yeah, it's those away games, isn't it? That's a bit of a worry, though, because it's like <clears throat> MK Dons now have got a real sniff of automatic promotion, so they'll be well up for for that game. And and our away forms dismal, isn't it? And we've got, you know, going to Wickham as well, who will fancy their chances of sneaking in. So you think there's two really big games that we're so reliant on that home form I think to get us over the line now which is kind of just where this worry sort of comes from because it's you know this this pedestrian football I don't know it just doesn't feel like it's promotion football it's a weird league right so like I think back like who are the teams that Wednesday have played this year that have been clearly better than them it's very difficult to come up with an answer for that but it's also very easy to come up with an answer of how I would set up to play Wednesday, right? It's you, you press their midfield as much as possible. You put bigger bodies on, on Bannon and Luongo, you, you pull some jerseys, you, you just, you harry them constantly. And there, there's a mistake in that, or you force them to skip over the midfield entirely. And, you know, you, you try to hit them on the counter and, get a set piece in a, in a tidy little area, you know, 10 yards off the 18 yard box and a little off center. And you put a ball in and you add, you ask them to clear a header and they can't do it in a lot of cases, right? You're, you're trying to get a, get a one nil or a one, one. And there's this idea that teams won't do that in the playoffs, but in your playoff football, the the way they're going to, the way, you know, if Wednesday is playing, I don't know, uh, you know, Plymouth in the playoffs, they're going to set up differently than they play Plymouth in the season. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's knockout football is a different, is a different animal. I think Plymouth's uh, got enough uh, uh, data on how to beat us this season. So yeah, fair enough. Differently. <laughs> different we don't have Ryan Lowe anymore. Other than that. All right. That's a, that's a thorough uh, interrogation of both. Uh, a how do we come out of this feeling negative? 
I, I disagree, less than James. We are on promotion so, form. I, I'm, I'm not yeah. disagreeing with you. This is literally, look, they're if literally you, you invite me on the podcast. The <laughs> We're in promotion form. Go on the promotion form. Always train. negative, James. <laughs> Take a break. Come back. We'll do Wednesday news and preview Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> On my third cocktail, this original orange twist is doing a lot of heavy lifting at this point. I'm actually supposed to light it on fire. I may not be part of the campfire sling, but as I found out every time I've tried to light my grill this past summer, I don't actually know where the matches are in my house. So just get it's a regular orange twist. And now we have some regular Wednesday news. And after a very strong March campaign, uh, Saito Berahino has been shortlisted for Fans Player of the Month. And Barry Bannon has been nominated for the EFL League One Player of the Month. He also won Wednesday Player of the Month. We do occasionally talk about Wednesday Player of the Month specifically. I can't, I can't think of a better person than Bannon really for the last month. I think we talked about a few, maybe like a week or two ago. I mean, you could pick, you could pick other people. They had a very strong month. So yeah. I think Bannon has been, yeah, I think totally yeah. deserved. Um, I'm, I was just kind of surprised about the Saido Berahino fans Player of the Month, which was the PFA thing they do. Because I, I remember having obviously a strong start. He got the hat trick, obviously, against Cambridge. He had a couple goals. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the actual pictures. He might have had like five goals last month. But it was mainly in two games, wasn't it? <laughs> two or three yeah. games. Yeah. What, how, what, what is it, though? What is fans? I've never even heard of it before. Fans. The PFA thing. Is it? So if it's fans, does that mean it's voted for? Because Wednesday yeah, win yeah. everything yeah, that yeah, it's yeah, voted yeah, for. Yeah, so yeah. So, yeah. That, that, that would explain why. He's nominated for it, shortlisted for it. So he hasn't won it yet. So. Yeah. It's a weird one. But they still one. must, they must surely like go out and ask some fans. How, how is it? I, I, just, I just don't understand how it's fans player of the month. Who comes up with a shortlist? I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'm assuming there's like a longer list than players. But I don't know. I don't know is, is my answer to that question. I, I do know. I come up with it. Yeah. That uh, Jack Hunt was in the League One team of the week this week. So fair so, dues. Uh, what the fuck? Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to look at what the PFA thing is. I was like, the first page is basically vote for your favorite player of the month. And like the Saka, Coutinho, Ivan Tony, Kai Havertz. I was like, I don't think Bobby Beer is going to win this. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Jack, Jack Hunt is, um, is fair, though, isn't it? After what is it, however many years it is without scoring, oh. and then goes and gets two in uh, in the space of basically a week. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, he does he does look. Like at times our most dangerous goal threat at the moment, doesn't it? It's he like he, those little he was runs. unlucky like, not to get another you know, like, couple on on Saturday. To be fair, when you're on the end of those, uh, like I'm not look, I'm not saying I could score on the other end of those Marvin Johnson and Barry Bannon crosses from the left side, but they're they're put up there pretty nice, right? <laughs> Good Florian Camberry's. <laughs> <laughs> Is, 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 is there a point now where we think about um, sticking Jack Hunt up front? Like you know, it worked with Paul Warhurst, Jack Hunt. Two in two. <laughs> give him give him number nine. Get him up there. Yeah. If we, we call, we call Lewis Buxton runs. White Cafu, by the way, and Jack Hunt's way better than, than uh, Buxton was in that season. <laughs> I think that's a little unfair to Lewis Buxton. <laughs> I'm, I'm also not sure that that, that nickname has, has kind of you know stood the test of time all that well, really. <laughs> kind of looking back, you think, like, actually, it is a bit dodgy when you think about it. <laughs> we just call him the Cafu nowadays, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's no different than uh, Stephen Fletcher being better than Sergio Aguero. So, there you go. I don't think anyone's ever said that. <laughs> Is that the PFA play, play of the month last year? <laughs> Let's instead just move on to the Bolton preview at the University of Bolton Stadium. Another. Uh, no, another it's mid- the Reebok Stadium, Jeff. It's always been the Reebok Stadium. It's always been the Reebok Stadium. <laughs> that's, all, that's all well How and How dare good, they but... change the name for the iconic Reebok Stadium? Hmm. So far, they are 11th, tied for 10th on points, 17 wins, 18 losses, 15 draws. I don't know, maybe 17 wins, uh, 8 draws, 15 losses, which would make more sense. Uh, 61 goals scored, 50 away, plus 11 goal differential. 11th in the home table. Uh, Their form is extremely mid-table. Loss, win, draw, uh, loss, win, draw, loss, win, draw. So there you go. (laughs) You cannot get more mid-table than that. Uh, the reverse fixture at home, they lost to Wednesday 1-0. Lee Gregory at on score sheet. 
They are originally Christchurch football in 1874, the Bolton Wanderers in 1877. They have the record for the longest stint in the top flight with no title, 73 seasons. They have won four FA Cups and made two trips to the Europa League under both Sam Allardyce, Gary Megson. Uh, as they know, they've had financial issues over the last uh, few years. But let's talk about the current Bolton setup. Their manager is Ian Evett. They have the nickname. I, I Again, uh, to be clear, as you can probably already tell, Tina, um, I did not do this preview. Uh, Justin put it together for me. <laughs> they are called uh, Barrow Salona because what? of how he played Barrow Salona because Ian Evett came from Barrel. Oh. Barrow Salona. <laughs> Some, someone's the... making this up. <laughs> Justin's, I... Justin's punked you. Barrow Salona. It was a 4 2 3 1, switched back to a 3 4 3 in January. Uh, they played plays more as a 3 4 1 2. Possession on the ground, short passes out from the back. Uh, less risky and aggressive. Five at the back when the opponent is in possession. They do like to press uh, with the ball. Their uh, defensive midfielder drops back. Wing backs push up. Wingers push in. Variety of ways to attack. They do like to have a center back press up. Uh, lots of movement and interchange up front. Uh, but as far as that goes, they have three hamstring injuries in their squad from the last game. Their, their captain, Ricardo Santos, their leading scorer, uh, Dapo Afolian, and their center midfielder, Kieran Dempsey. So other players of note, uh, Amadou Bakioko is their impact sub, although he has not been great recently. But he has scored uh, eight goals for the season, primarily off the bench. Uh, there's a little, uh, as a, a, a little figure there familiar to Wednesday fans, Kieran Lee, five goals, five assists while being in and out with injuries. So the Kieran Lee season, mm. always good classic, to see Kieran. Classic Kieran Lee season. That is classic, classic Kieran Lee season. Yeah. Always, always dangerous, but yeah. Uh, and, uh, Justin's last note here is just Elias Kachanga sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Is that based on stats or just uh, just in his opinion of Elias Kachunga? I don't know. It, it, it's it's no, accurate. Uh, there's no further. Uh... They've got a nice little Welsh contingent. Yeah. Gethin, Declan, Lloyd. I don't even how you pronounce what is it? A. A. O. N. Doyle. Owen. Not Welsh. Owen. Owen? Is it just Owen? Really? <laughs> yeah, really? Just Owen. Really? Like I watched. <laughs> so I watched. Uh... Uh, what's that? Uh, Welsh uh, mystery show that Welsh they uh, mystery show, yeah, yeah. So they recorded it in both Welsh, it's a BBC show. They recorded it in both uh, British English and Welsh. And one, I, I was really into it, so one season I was able to get like the dodgy streams of the of the welsh version it's, it's called one like of those itv sunday night shows yeah James, yeah, that, yeah yeah it's called americans uh, lap up like like murdoch mysteries yeah yeah, yeah. it's called like doc yeah, martin called, so so the the bbc version was called hinterland and oh, yeah, the, rings uh, a bell. yeah like it's like it just like, like it's just why gwill to me is what it what it says uh that's a, that's a name why gwill it's a letter Y and then Gwil. What, but what, what is looks that? Like to me in Welsh, it translates as the dusk. Oh, hey, and Richard you're, Harrington you're deep, in you're deep, deeper into Welsh history than I've ever been no. uh, party to. I have no idea what that means. It's a really good like procedural. I enjoy this. Is what happens when we get Wikipedia on a. So what happens is I, I watch a lot of like <laughs> weird British mystery shows when I'm doing like prospect list stuff. So, you know, James has experienced it for the first hand. Yeah, what happens in our preview. <laughs> completely. So um, Bolton, then. Yeah. Kieran Lee. Thoughts on Bolton? Yeah. Any thoughts on Bolton generally? Uh, Kieran Lee's a worry, isn't he? Because he mm. he had a great game at Hillsborough as well. He did. He he looked a class above when yeah. um, when they came to um, Hillsborough. But I think this season is fizzling into a bit of a nothing season for Bolton. I think yeah. I think it's a little bit too far for them to be thinking they could make a late play for the playoffs, especially with the points total is going to be so high. Um, so is it a bad time to be going there? I don't know. I think they've probably had a better season than they expected to, and they're probably they've probably stabilised in the in League One better than I they did see a quote from their manager. They would do uh, on Twitter. They basically implied they were already on the beach. So yeah, 
Um, so maybe this is the point where we we resolve this issue with mm. the waveform and dodgy performances mm. and stuff like that, and 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 go there. And if there can't be any doubt, can there? If 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 everyone is on their A game, we we should be able to go there and comfortably yeah. get the result that we. I'm saying if, if if Kieran Lee wants to leave a leave a foot in and get sent off, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to say anything. I thought it might be kind to us at the Hillsborough mm. game, but he still um, he embarrassed the majority of our midfield that day. So I don't yeah. know. They're, they're not going to give us any easy easy yeah. treatment, are they? But um, I suspect that that away end will be absolutely packed to the rafters. The noise will be immense. Mm. Bolton fans have never been particularly noisy at home anyway, and particularly you know now their season's just fizzling out a bit. Um, drive is that? We, we could long, turn that. It? No, it's not, and it's dead easy on the train. You go to Manchester, yeah. you get the train to Horridge Parkway. It's it's um, it's a really easy journey. It's a good day out, actually. Kind of going to not in Bolton, absolutely not in Bolton, but <laughs> day out in Manchester, and then you don't actually go anywhere near Bolton, to be honest. It's way on the outskirts of Bolton, but um, it's a really easy place to get to. Um, so I think there'll be a lot of Wednesday fans there who will be going quite early. Quite a merry day out, shall we? Um, shall we describe it as? Yeah, uh, eight thousand. Is, is that how many? Crikey! I'm sure I saw someone on Twitter saying there's eight thousand. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was like four, four, five. But and it'll be more than that, won't it? Because there'll be loads that didn't get tickets that have now bought them in the in the home end. That's a, the, um, the Reebok of the year here, Bolton Stadium, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's I mean, it's a big, it's a big park, right? It's a it's a Premier League sized park. Yeah. I saw Oasis there once. Your waiter, yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I saw Oasis there with a bucket hat on my head. Um, <laughs> I, went, I went full Bolton, as they call it. Hmm. <laughs> it was Kieran Lee there in the middle. <laughs> How do you do? Do we have any other business? Uh, a few things, Jeffrey. All meter based. Uh, we're not resting on our laurels. Uh, no. New York hours are back at Football Factory this weekend, uh, joined by uh, guest podcast host James Marriott. Um, we were there, New Orleans Owls back at Finn McCool's. Um, but the again, we're going to push this uh, Owls Assemble Day, we're calling it on the 16th of April, uh, because it's a 245 kickoff on the east coast, means that 11 on the west coast. We've already got signed up, Portland has signed up, obviously, New York signed up, New Orleans I signed up. Uh, with this talk of a Phoenix, Arizona one, our very Alaska? first Alaska. Very first Phoenix, Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> there's an Alaska, I thought. Oh, there's one guy in Alaska. There's one guy in Alaska. Whatever. Va- that's a Van- Vancouver, our- Vancouver's up there as well. Uh, the whole Cascadia region. Mm. It's going to be a Wednesday party. Um, I'm, still, I'm still waiting to hear from LA. Yeah. LA we found LA. another New England owl, apparently. We did, yeah. We found another New England, let's say. Um, so get in touch if you are wanting to meet up. It's the easiest, the easiest time to ever meet up. 2.45 on Saturday afternoon. It's almost like being in England. Mm. Um, and if the West Coast, obviously 11.45, very friendly. ESPN Plus game, you don't have to bring your laptop, go to a good sports bar, they'll have it on for you. Um, just get in touch if you've got any issues or questions. Uh, if you build it... Make sure their battery is fully charged. <laughs> Make sure your battery fully charged. That's it. You've been listening to episode 174 of the Owls Americast. Find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show to owlsamericas at gmail.com. And find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are fellow Wednesday, Trevor and the Makers and the Arctic Monkeys. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask you rate and review the show. So it's more Wednesdays. Find our ramblings. James is on Twitter at James Marriott. James, what has been your favorite New York beer so far? Oh, right. That's how am I supposed to answer that question? Um, <laughs> do you know what? For all the right reasons, I'm going to say the first beer on the rooftop bar on hmm. Saturday, which wasn't an outstanding beer, but just being there, looking at the Empire State Building, being surrounded by you know you guys and all these new friends, that was just a beautiful moment. Um, hmm. And I'm saying that because I can't actually remember the name of the beer that I had. 
on Thursday night that was really, really good. Can I just say one other thing very quickly as well before we yeah. uh, before yeah. we wrap up? Um, and that is just to say a big congratulations to Alex Miller, um, who is one of the Wednesday reporters at the start, who had his first child at the um, at the weekend. So um, he's a top, top guy as well. Yeah. Um, you should try and drag him out here sometime because um, he's a really, really good, good guy, good laugh. Um, so congratulations to him and his missus. I can also tell him reliably uh, 21 months in at this point, your right shoulder is just going to hurt constantly. His mind, <laughs> his mind did most of the day, but after three of the campfire slings, it's a little more manageable. Congrats, Alex. Patty is on Twitter at Patty A. Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, what's what's your favorite New York beer? Out of curiosity. Finback. It's the Finback. Um, mm. And it's the, oh, I forgot the name of it. Is it Whale something? Uh, mm. it's really, they do very good IPAs. Uh, all that might have been it that might have been it it was i had a finback beer the other day that was absolutely sublimely beautiful it was like it was just so thick and juicy it could have mm. been a treacle it was beautiful all the ipas you don't, are made you don't know the name of it but yeah <laughs> no, there's nothing of it but it's so good it's got a finback brewery i'm on the twitter at jeff paternostro i don't live in new york my favorite connecticut beer is the pause and reflect porter at kent falls brewing company we'll see you back here next week.